there, and welcome to Resilience in the End, a weekly podcast that recognizes we're in serious trouble, but stubbornly focuses on how to find community and joy in the chaos. I'm your host, Polly, and today we are going to talk about maple tapping. Maple tapping may not be relevant for all of you if you live somewhere further south. Um, Obviously, you can't tap maples. We'll talk more about that. And, and what you need in a minute. But for those of you with access to maples or even other trees, you can actually tap a range of trees. Um, there's walnut syrup, there's obviously birch, um, soda, sap. You can tap different trees. They will just not be as prolific as a sugar maple would be, but you totally can. So there are a couple reasons why I think maple tapping is worth talking about on this podcast. First of all, Just through the context of resilience, you know, making your own maple syrup and finding a hyperlocal sugar source is really empowering. For us, we've been able to replace quite a bit of our sugar or honey with syrup. And it saves money. Uh, We know exactly how it's produced. I have treated myself ethically throughout the process. And yeah, it's a good money saver. I think also um, sugar, like any other highly processed food, but particularly sugar, it's almost impossible to trace the supply chain. And with a difficult to trace supply chain, I personally always assume, assume ethical and sustainable violations. So again, being able to move myself towards a little bit of more self-reliance, removing myself from global systems of inequity. Uh, But also maple syrup, I think, in a community context is so exciting because, first of all, you can involve your community. I always have people who walk by and are like, what are you doing? And so we get to talk about that. Uh, But also maple syrup is like liquid gold. So uh, it is great for bartering, trading, uh, if you can produce enough of it. So highly recommend that you look into maple tapping if you have the capacity I want to talk through the process, how it works, and then a couple of ideas on how you can get started if you, unlike me, don't have, you know, some maples on your property. So I think maple tapping is in my blood. Uh, Part of my family, well, all of my family is from the far north, um, New England, but my mom's family is actually, oh, if you're watching video, there's a cat. There are actually two cats joining us. Uh, My mom's family is from Maine and her family did maple tapping. So I think I feel like I'm channeling the spirit of my Maine ancestors, albeit on a lot smaller scale, I suspect, and with additional creature comforts. Um, I'm not out in the woods for weeks. I don't have a sugar shack. Uh, I'm doing it a little bit small scale and with electricity to heat for the most part. Um, But yeah, since moving to our house in 2020 out here in Indiana, I've tapped for two years, three years. I can't remember. I honestly can't remember if I tapped the first year. If I did, it was very small, but I don't think I did. So this will be my third year of tapping my maples. So I have quite a bit of maple on my property, but there are, I would say, 14 usable trees. We'll talk about what that actually means in a second. But so I'm doing like 12 to 15 taps, let's say, depending kind of on the year. The process is is labor intensive, but it is fairly simple. And yeah, like I said, worth a try. 
Uh, and if you are interested in kind of the concept of homesteading and self-reliance, I will say that maple syrup has by far been the biggest money saver that I've been able to steward, cultivate, grow um, on this land. You know, even the nicest, fanciest tomatoes are, you know, maybe a few dollars each, but maple syrup is pricey. And if I can get a gallon of it a year, that's, that saves me some serious cash. So yeah, um, like I said, I tap about, let's say, 14 maples um, every year. And out of that, I get about a gallon. So thinking about ratios, um, the usual ratio, and again, like anything in nature, this depends, you will get one gallon of syrup from 40 gallons of sap. The process of maple tapping is very very simple. So you take a tap, which is essentially kind of like a metal tube. Uh, you drill into a, a tree, you put the tap in, and you collect the sap that comes out. And sap is just sugar water. You're doing this at a time in the season when it is above freezing during the day, ideally sunny, and it's freezing at night. And that expansion and contraction of the, the sugar water is what pushes it out of the tree. So you're collecting that and then you basically just boil down that sap until it is a syrup. And there's a pretty easy way to measure that, which we'll talk in a second, but you can do it over fire. Uh, I do it over a hot plate and an instant pot uh, on my front porch. And yeah, it's a very, very simple process. We'll talk through it in depth a little bit after this, but that is essentially it. It's it's not difficult. It's not mystifying. You don't need a lot of stuff for it, um, but it's, it's a lot of fun. So let's dig in now that you have the overview. Uh, I want to start with supplies. So when you look online, you'll see these huge wild setups. There will be evaporators. There will be miles of tubing that collect into huge barrels and there will be sugar shacks which are these buildings specifically meant for boiling maple syrup you don't need all of that it makes it easier uh particularly if you're boiling a lot but it is a very simple process in the end uh and you don't need a lot to get started i did like nothing my first year i had taps and a little bit of tubing and like milk jugs so I was like, well, I'm not putting a bunch of money into this if I don't know if I want to do it. So it can be very simple, particularly if you're only doing a very small amount. Again, you will get about one gallon of syrup from 40 gallons of sap. So you're going to collect all this liquid and it's going to boil down to very little. So if you're not doing a lot, you can keep it quite simple. And this is the point that if you are actually really interested in maple tapping, um, I would recommend hopping over to YouTube. I'm going to show you just some of the supplies that I have. Um, and yeah, it might be nice to have a look at them. So what I have now is a little bit new, a little bit of an upgrade, because uh, as I will talk about in the end of this, is I have found another person that I can work with to tap more of their trees. So it's going to be a little bit of a larger operation for me this year. But um, yeah, let me just show you a couple of levels. So the one thing that you need, you really need, is a tap. Um, and like I mentioned, 
they can look different. So there are some like these that give you the option to hang uh, a barrel off of it, like a bucket. Uh, there are also these very, very plain taps, which you could hang a bucket off of or attach to tubes. But what you're really going to want is a really, really good drill bit. They do have specific drill bits for maple drilling, but just a new really sharp bit to drill into the tree is good. Obviously, match it to the size of your tap. Uh, and and that's that's really that. You could stop there and just, you know, hang, like I said, a milk jug. You could hang a bucket. Um, I ended up buying some of these buckets for my house because I live close enough that I can go and collect these gallon buckets every day. If it's somewhere far away, I like for my larger project this year, I didn't get it, but I have food grade five gallon buckets so that I don't have to collect every day. Um, and then you could also, so what I plan to do this year with the large five gallon buckets is run food grade tubing uh, from the tap. So you just pop it right on and stick it into the bucket, whatever your collection thing is. Again, could be um, a milk jug, even an old vinegar bottle, soda can or soda bottle, like a one of the liter ones. And yeah, you just collect. And that's all you really need to collect the sap. Um, to boil it down, like I said, I actually use electric just because I don't have uh, a good wood. I don't really have enough wood that it would make sense. But traditionally, maple sap was boiled over a wood fire, uh, but you can use an instant pot. I found that works the best. Um, you can use a hot plate. You're going to want to start and do the majority of your boiling outside. If you boil your maple sap inside, all of your walls will be sticky. Uh, it's horrible. Do not do it outside. Finish it inside when you're very close to being done so you can, you know, have a good temp check. But um, yeah, do it outside. So yeah, like I said, I use a hot plate with a pan or a pot, um, an instant pot. Uh, this year I'm leveling up because I will have the option to use fire at the secondary property that I'll be tapping at. Um, I have ended up, I just got these. Sorry, audio listeners, for the crinkling. But they are um, like food-grade uh, trays that are stainless steel so they can go over a fire. But essentially what you want is um, something pretty shallow. You want more um, surface area just to evaporate the water faster. Um, so what, however you're finishing your syrup. So yeah, I mean, this year I am probably going to spend, I'm guessing about $150 to $200 in supplies. Um, but it does not need to be that expensive. I am doing it at a different property. I'm putting a little bit of an investment. I will reuse that stuff. So those are the supplies you'll need. But again, beyond the taps and a good drill bit, you can kind of just figure it out. So so don't uh, feel the need to invest in a bunch of stuff when you start. Maple tapping season is an art, not a science. Um, I know that with an upcoming project I'm doing this year, I'm going to need to take time off work, at least a few days to be processing everything. But I don't know when that will be, particularly in a place like Indiana, where the weather is really variable. Though with the climate crisis, um, I think that's happening everywhere. <laughs> uh, but 
maple tapping season is when you have at least a week of days where the daytime temperatures are above freezing and the nighttime temperatures are below freezing. One of the really sad things I think about maple tapping and the climate crisis is with off the wall weather, um, it's going to be harder and harder to have a good maple tapping season. So I do at some point think that I will get out of the maple tapping game simply because there's not a distinct season where it would be viable for maples to be tapped. But uh, be that as it may, what you really want to look for, again, is above freezing and ideally sunny during the day and below freezing at night. Um, you know, I think I mentioned before, the expansion and contraction of the uh, the sap icing will is what is pushing it out of the tree and through the tree and into your buckets. So it's going to be different for everyone. I mentioned to somebody last year when I was doing it and they were up north, north, and they were like, why are you doing it so early? And I was like, I don't know. It's, it's the right time. So you're going to want to test and the timing probably won't be perfect. They're going to be a while. Like typically what happens here is there's a good spate of time and then it gets cold again and you don't get any sap for a while and that's okay um and then it warms up again and you have a couple more or like a week of good days and then it gets too warm once it gets too warm you need to take out your, your the season's kind of done because um the sap is like milk um if it stays out too long in the warm it'll spoil you'll notice it'll get kind of like yellowy or browny like there'll be a tinge in in the liquid and it's just because it's it's not good anymore. Uh, not there's less sugar, and you're gonna want to toss that and not include it. So yeah, there is a season. It's really gonna be dependent on where you are. So just keep an eye out on the weather. Gosh, anywhere from like February to April, May, depending on where you are. But just be on the lookout for that above freezing day, freezing nights. Easy enough, right? So let's talk process. So you're going to go out, you're going to find your maple trees. Ideally, they are sugar maples, but any maple tree will do. And you are going to first measure them to make sure that they are big enough. So the thing you want to be really careful about with maple trees um, and why a lot of people are limited in their ability to tap maples is, you know, you have to remember that this sap is what's feeding the tree. So you can't take too much of it. So you need to avoid smaller trees. The smallest tree that you can use is a 10 inch diameter tree. So that's like measuring across the trunk. It should be at least 10 inches. And that means it's big enough, it's mature enough that you taking some of its sap is not going to harm the tree itself. 10 to 20 inch diameter trees can take one tap. So just one of the little metal, I think they're called spiles. I can't remember. That might not be true. But one of these. Um, if a tree is larger than 20 inches in diameter, you can put in two. Uh, some even larger than that can have three. But um, what I've noticed is I have a huge, huge old maple. And actually, once they get that big... I think drilling in, you actually, they're so thick and so old, you actually wouldn't even necessarily hit where the sap is coming. So I would stick to large, but not 
hugely large trees and do one or two taps. If you're unsure, just go with less or skip that tree. Um, again, you want to keep your trees healthy, but you can tap your trees every year. It's totally fine. Um, some, if they're not looking so perky, I will skip, but theoretically you can tap them every year as long as you're, you know, being respectable. <laughs> So once you've identified your trees and you're ready to go, then you're going to want to take your drill bit and drill into the tree. And don't feel bad. It, it's not going to hurt him too bad. Uh, he will heal up. And you are going to want to drill uh, an inch and a half to two inches in. I will just tape around that measurement on the drill bit uh, so I know when to stop. Good drill. Don't wiggle it. Keep it nice and straight so that it doesn't the sap doesn't leak around um, because you made the hole too big. But you're going to drill into that depth, take it out very carefully, and tap in the taps, the spiles. I, gosh, I can't, I should have looked this up. I think they're spiles, uh, the metal things. And you don't want to use a hammer. Uh, you can use like a mallet very, very carefully. Uh, you want it in, but you don't want to jam it in um, and hurt the tree. So just tap it in there until it doesn't move anymore, and then you're good to go. Then you're going to either like attach a hose, uh, a tube, and set up your bucket or hang a bucket off the tap, however you want to collect the sap and then let it go. Okay, so once you have your taps in, you're kind of just going to let it ride. Uh, you're going to want to collect it. As I mentioned before, you want to think about sap like milk. So in places like where it's really cold, you can kind of just leave it. Obviously, your buckets are going to fill up, but... If it's really, really cold, refrigerator cold outside all the time, it'll, it'll be fine, right? But if it is getting really warm during the day, nice and sunny, you're going to want to collect it and pop it in the fridge or you can put it in the freezer to make sure it stays good. Uh, again, like milk, I assume like you've got like about a week in the fridge before it goes bad. If you have room in the freezer to put everything, you can put it in the freezer and it will remain good indefinitely. What I usually do is I am constantly processing. So I may, uh, after our first couple of days of collecting sap, I'll have it in a big bucket and I will start boiling it down uh, daily. I will be boiling and boiling. I may not finish it. Typically I will only do like one big finish um, but then I will have like three to four gallon jars of sap in my fridge uh, that I can slowly work through and, you know, finish together. But if you have a small setup and your weather skews a little bit warmer like Indiana does, like I, I think we're in northern-ish Indiana and I would say we're kind of on the low end of the southern end of where you tap maples, I, I think. So... I would definitely um, err on the side of caution and just be processing pretty regularly so you don't end up spoiling it. Uh, but yeah, like I mentioned, you are just going to boil it however you decide to do it, um, whether over a fire, using electric methods, that's fine. Just make sure that you're doing, if you have a lot, make sure you do it outside so that you are not making your whole house sticky um, with evaporated sugar water. Um, but yeah, I just put it outside. I boil, I let it go. Like typically during tapping season, I will have things boiling like from the time it gets light to the time, well, until I go to sleep um, out on my porch and it will just be going and going and boiling and boiling for like a week or two uh, just because I have 
a limited capacity for boiling and um I, I tap a lot for for a small setup so if you have a fire that's that's easier but typically you can kind of just let it go where you'll need to be careful is once you get down to the end so once you're getting down to the end you're Again, there are plenty of great YouTube videos that I would definitely recommend looking at on this actual process um, if you want to see it visually. But basically, you're going to notice as you get down, it's getting darker and darker. It's it's going from clear um, sap to, you know, slowly darker and darker, looking like a syrup. And once it's pretty close, you can take it into your kitchen um, and start boiling. So you know that maple syrup is syrup completely finished when it is seven degrees above the temperature of boiling water whatever your elevation um so for me uh i am not at a high elevation so my boiling temperature is 212 so i get my sap to 219 boiling at 219 and that's when i know it is done so i have a candy thermometer as well as like a, a stick in um, digital thermometer that I take readings from and yeah once it boils down to that it'll be a nice color a nice darker color the color ranges depending on how much sugar was in your in your sap at the time of harvesting you know all kinds of like throughout the season it changes color so the actual color is not important um, but once it gets to seven degrees above the boiling point of water at your elevation it is done. I take sterilized uh, jars, pour it in, close it with sterilized lid, let it go. It will seal itself and you do not need to do any processing uh, because maple syrup is so sugary. It will stay good indefinitely and you can just leave it out as long as you are careful. So that's that. I know it was a kind of a broad overview and there are a lot of uh, details and it, it seems intimidating but the one thing I want to reiterate is that maple tapping is actually really easy um, it just takes some time it's it's more about figuring out the logistics and the setup versus the process actually being difficult so once you have a little bit of a flow it becomes easy and there are lots of good resources online uh, if you're interested in me taking you along with uh, maple tapping this year let me know um, maybe I can put a blog post together about it we'll see maybe but yeah so I encourage you, if you do have maples on your property, even if it's just one or two, give it a go. It would be a really, really fun experiment. And if you don't have maples, but you're in an area where they exist, um, ask around. So interestingly, I posted uh, sometime a couple months ago on my local Buy Nothing group. And I was like, hey, does anybody have any maple trees? I, you know, I'd like to expand what I'm tapping. Um, you know, I make about a gallon a year and that's not enough for us. So I would like to expand, obviously with some reciprocity involved. And somebody actually put me in touch with the local Boy Scout camp and they have like 200 acres of maple trees. <laughs> and they're like, oh yeah, I toured with the woman who um, maintains the camp all year round. And she's like, oh yeah, tap as many maple trees as you want, as long as the Boy Scouts can come through and learn about the process um, at some point when you're doing it, which is awesome. So I will be tapping an additional 15 maples on their property, at least this year. Maybe we'll expand later. They're letting me use their firewood, their industrial kitchen. Like it is so, so cool. 
And yeah, all of a sudden, um, I have about an acre of land here with, let's say, 14 good maple trees. But all of a sudden, I have access to 200 acres of trees, which is incredible. And they don't want anything from it. So I would really encourage you to ask around. Again, within the full ethos of Resilience in the End podcast, it is just about making those connections that will serve everybody and that will give you what you need and will also help somebody else in some way. So it may be a neighbor who like will be really excited to learn more and will, you know, get uh, you know, one jar from your 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 process and you keep the rest. Um it may be some kind of private property like the Boy Scout camp where I am providing an educational service to them um, that they really find valuable. They don't want the syrup. They they want the education and and maybe they'll tap their own trees later. Um, you know, like again, it there is so there are so many resources to be shared. So I just encourage you if you have some kind of fun idea, um, like maple having was always a dream to me and it just kind of happened and it's worth a try. And if you need help or resources, there are probably people willing to offer them to you. You just need to find them. And so I encourage you, um, whether your new hobby this year is going to be maple tapping or it is gardening, as we talked about in another episode, or it's going to be, I don't know, running workshops, ask for help. Ask for the resources and the space that you need um, so that you can do what you want and benefit others because, uh, again, the, the more that we build community, the more that we connect with folks, the more that we are learning resilient skills that produce local food, uh, we can connect other people to those and, and empower them to act as well. So yeah, I highly recommend you give maple tapping a try if that's something that you can do in your area. And so I will say my joy of the week tangentially related to maple tapping is that it is finally getting cold here um it was so warm this december and it was awful um so i am hopeful for cold weather which will push everything uh to have a beautiful spring <laughs> i hope that this barrage of information was uh, inspiring to somebody who's had an interest in maple tapping and just hasn't known where to get started. As always, if you have questions, you can certainly shoot me an email or comment on the blog post associated with this um, episode, which I will link uh, down below. And yeah, I would love to talk and troubleshoot with you and help you get started because it is so fun. And uh, having a coffee in the morning with your own maple syrup is like, the best the best thing ever so yeah thanks so much uh it's been great to talk to you as always and i will see you soon bye